Welcome to the Geek Explore Not Off-Topic Debrief. Uh, this is Ben Robinson. Hey, this is John Williams. Uh, here we are to have our little off-topic uh, show where we casually chat about things. Yeah, that's a thing we do. How you doing, Ben? I'm I'm doing well. I'm gonna say I'm. Uh, it's been a nice week. Last time we heard from you, you had COVID, and so did uh, one of your kids. How's all that going? Yeah, I kicked that shit, but my uh, lazy, good for nothing daughter still got it. I keep telling her stop having the Rona, and she just she's not listening. We tested her again tonight and had a very faint line on the at home test. Oh, jeez. So it's it's getting fainter. I guess that's good. She's going back to school regardless on Tuesday. That's the school guidelines. They don't care if she's still testing positive. I guess you're not contagious technically, but I'm I'm reticent to let her out of her room until she tests negative. Well, there there are see that that was one thing that confused me about having to test negative before you go there because we just worked with somebody recently who had had COVID. And he had gotten over it. He got approval from his doctor, but he said, but his doctor said that he could still test positive for up to six months, even though he's totally good. Holy shit. Really? Yeah. So, I I mean, who knows what is true because, you know, science can prove the exact opposites, you know, depending on what study you're looking at. So I I can see it's an antibody test. So you could still have high levels of the antibody in your blood, even if you had low levels of virus. Yeah. Like, and those may stay elevated for a while. Yeah, so she's going back to school on Tuesday, so we figure I'll let her off of her impromptu COVID groundation. Which, <laughs> which I mean, she's gotten off pretty good. She hasn't had to do any dishes or any sort of chores around the house at all, because uh, she's quarantined, so. Wow, I mean, you know, it's really easy to joke about your, your, um, your recluse of a kid just loving it, but I wonder if even she's getting a little stir-crazy. No, I think she's ready to come out of her room and have at least a, a modicum of uh, human contact. Yeah, for like 10 minutes and then she's over it. Yeah, she'll go she, back. Yeah, she'll be sick of it real quick, but uh, she's ready for it, I think. That's good. Uh, what you been up to while you while you were quarantining before you uh, got out? Just working from home, doing uh, some you know bids and estimates and stuff. Real exciting stuff. Woo! Yeah, I guess we talked about the exciting stuff last week. And you're talking about the stuff you were building, your curing chamber and whatnot. So. Yeah, I think I finished it. It's, oh, good. It's Everything's and, working? Yeah, it's up and working. So that was pretty cool. Good. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I don't know. Working, uh, working on the comic. I've, I've been on a, uh, on kind of a hunt lately. You know, I, I like to go on little quests. I, I get the urge to have something and it's like, okay, I have to go on a, on a quest for, you know, a sketchbook or a pencil, or in this case, shoes, you know me, I've always worn Converse as, as long as we've been alive for the most part. A man of simple taste. Yes. Yeah. Simple taste. And I don't need change, but I've been without a pair of those shoes for probably a month or two now, you know, and I I actually wore through, there was like a, a comic looking hole right on the, on the ball of my foot that, that had like worn all the way through somehow. Time to make soup uh, out of it. That's what hobos do, right? (laughs) Shoe soup. Once (laughs) it's got a hole in it. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) Um, but I've just been without them for a while. I didn't, I didn't feel the urge, but all of a sudden I got the urge and guess what? With this whole supply chain, you know, oh, yeah. uh, shit, those shoes are not around. Yeah. Annie was telling me she had a hell of a time finding the kids shoes yeah, last it's, month. It's nuts. And I almost took a chance on a different kind where it's got some, like, it's got an extra insole, which is nice, 
and but it's got like some padding around the uh, the collar of it and on the tongue. And like I bought some yesterday, and I was like, okay, you know, they look pretty much the same, but I just couldn't do it. It was it was too different. Too my much pants, shoe. Yeah, my my pants sat differently on him, and I was like, I don't I don't like this. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> so I took him back, and I was I was just looking everywhere today, and I found a place like forty miles away in like Yuba City that that said they had it and i was like okay they're open till seven i can make it and i drove out or i was driving out there and i was like i'm gonna call just in case to make sure and they're like oh we close at six and it was six so oh geez. really glad i called that would have sucked to get all the way out there uh, yeah the only time i've ever driven that far for shoes was when i was living in houston i found a place near me that had the legend of zelda vans yeah, those slip-ons. In my size, and they had one pair of them, and, and it was on the other side of Houston, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. Uh, it took like, you know, an hour and a half to get there, because I had to go after work, so it was in the middle of rush hour. Uh, t- totally worth it, though. Those shoes are cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like, Angelina, when I told her, she's just like, dude, that's hella far. And I was like, it's like an obsession now. It's like, I've, I've, <laughs> I've been to so many places that don't have it and you can't get them on Amazon. Like it's, it's really? insane. Just for straight yeah. up chucks. Yeah. Just for straight up low top black chucks. You can find all sorts of like blue and gray and shit because nobody's buying those. Oh, but... so you're not even willing to change colors. Oh, I, I've got gray and blue and my reverse chucks that I custom made. Like I've, I've got some, but. I need some black ones. <laughs> those are those are the standard everyday wearing ones. Yeah, those are the shoes you're always wearing when you draw yourself. It's true. Yeah. Um, so the quest continues. We'll see if I drive out to Yuba City tomorrow. But I, I went on a different quest today. I, uh, I drove out to Davis and went to this uh, little comic shop they have out there that also like rents videos still. Um, Neat. Yeah, it's called uh, Bizarro World on right on Main Street in Davis. Sounds about it's right. A, it, yeah, it is a um, it's dirty. Like like you just feel grimy oh. once you leave. Well, that's but you know what for for some place that rents videos in twenty twenty one that that seems like the right feel. Yeah, and there there's no organization to that store at all, but it's fun for hunting, just for for exploring. So I went through a lot of bins, came up with some books today. It was a uh, it was a good time. But what was your what was your top find? Be honest, this is gonna sound silly. This like it was a four part mini series from I think the early nineties for the Elongated Man. Oh, yeah, and, cool. Uh, and uh, it was it's drawn by this guy uh, Mike Parabek, who uh, who did a lot of work in the in the early nineties. He sadly passed away uh, at an early age from complications of diabetes. And um, but I just love his work, so it's it's it was fun to find that whole little series there. It was a it was a little it was a good find. Yeah, see that's cool. That's not the kind of thing you'd ever go looking for. Yeah, exactly. It's just the kind yeah, of thing that you come up on and you're like, oh fuck, this is cool. Yeah, he's got a shit ton of sets in uh, in his like back room by the videos and stuff. So I just went I just went digging through those. Uh, through those bins are they like already bagged up like the four comics mm-hmm. in one thing oh that's cool i like that a lot yeah that yeah. is the way to do it there was also a dc new frontier set there but I, I just i couldn't bring myself to do it i don't need the story bad enough but i would love to have those individual issues but yeah you want to get to it fuck yeah let's do it um you want to start with some deaths oh not really but uh well i think we're gonna <laughs> i mean we don't have to this is just as much your show. <laughs> All right, so who died now, John? Well, 
the assholes that we are two weeks ago, we completely neglected to mention the death of the great Bob Saget. Oh, that's true. We did. Yeah. Yeah. We, wow. I felt like an asshole when I, when I realized that like the next day, cause on my YouTube, uh, recommendations, a whole bunch of like this person remembering Bob Saget popped up and I was like, Oh, fudge. So, I mean, everybody's heard all about it by now. Bob Saget, unfortunately passed away at a, wait a minute. Wait, is he still alive? <laughs> you no. You're like coming to like some sort of weird revelation here. No, we we did talk about it on something. No, we talked about it after the show when we realized that we hadn't talked about it. Okay. Um, so yeah, he did. He died. <laughs> and we're talking about it now. <laughs> what a mess. And obviously, we always knew him as Danny Tanner yep. from Full House. And I remember the first time I saw like a Comedy Central, you know, stand up special by him. And he's talking about his dick and fucking all kinds just like pulling out all kinds of raunchy stuff. And it was just like, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Blew like dirty jokes about the full house children. You're like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Danny, how could you? Oh, I was, I was proud of him. <laughs> I was never a big Full House kid. Like I watched Full House because you know it was the '90s, and I think you were required to. Mm-hmm. But I, I was never like it was never holy to me. It was just a show that was on that was okay. It was a thing that happened. So yeah, seeing Bob Saget making dick jokes, uh, it made me smile extra. Yeah, we uh, in my house. Full House was a big deal. I watched the shit out of Full House for its entire run. I loved that show so much. And we actually recently started watching it with the kid, and it holds up. Love it. Did you guys scoff at how full their house was because you had more people in yours? We don't have more people in Oh, you mean because I was Mormon? No, because you have like, because of what you and all your sisters, like that's more family oh. than they had. I don't think so. They had. Two uncles, three kids. They had one more than we did. Oh, no, they had the same amount because they only had one parent. So, oh, okay. yeah, yes. So, yeah, yeah. That's, house so you, isn't that full. So you guys related. Yeah, I bet your house wasn't <laughs> as big as theirs either. That house looked fucking no. huge. Did it, did it seem that huge? I mean, I guess it did have an attic and a basement. Well, I guess the garage was the basement. I don't know, man. I was just watching it the other day wondering if they actually built the house as a practical set or if the staircase just went up and then they had a different like ground level set. Oh, I bet they had a different ground level one. Yeah. I don't remember any shot where you went up the stairs where the camera followed followed them up the stairs. We digress. Uh, yeah. Bob Saget, man. Did you see the, uh, the comedy central roast? Oh yeah. Back when it was like new. Yeah. 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 I've, I've gone back and watched clips over time. It's fucking great. I love that one. He's such a good sport. And, um, you know, everything that's coming out now, like uh, just comedians just adored him because they, they said that he was so supportive and he was always there for people. And, you know, he he helped get people, you know, on their feet in the comedy world, just like Danny Tanner would have. Yeah, he seemed like he was just a dirty Danny Tanner. It seems like he was a big sweetheart. Awesome. Yeah. And he was actually out on tour when he when he passed, too, which is cool. This seems so weird because it's been weeks since it happened. Like, like I, I, I feel like a fraud. Like we're talking about this, like we're like it's a, a new news story. But <laughs> did they ever figure out what it was that he died of? Last I'd heard, they didn't know. Yeah, there was no foul play or anything. I mean, I haven't heard or read an official coroner's report, but I did hear 
someone reporting that that they're basically just saying like he died in his sleep. You know that he that, that when they walked in, the way they found him was consistent with you know passing away in your sleep, maybe a heart attack. All of a sudden, shitty. I mean, that's a good way to go, but uh, also like one of those like you didn't do anything wrong. Shit just went bad for you. Yeah, like I sleep every night. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we have a couple other deaths that happened uh, recently on the same day, actually. A couple other? Hot damn. Well, I, I think they were on the same day. I at least heard about them the same day. Kyle's been on a wild streak where he's just letting me know everyone that's dying. He just loves to just text me, so-and-so died. We used <laughs> to have kind of a competition about it, and we, we would attach points to like the value of the death. You know, like wow. when Stan Lee died, like that, you know, that's a big one. But I, th- I think we had like rethought our, our whole, <laughs> you know, th- that, that whole thing. It didn't seem very uh, morally appropriate, but um, we had both Meatloaf and Louis Anderson pass away. Oh, I heard about Meatloaf. I did not hear about Louis Anderson. Yeah. Like I didn't even see anything on like Facebook or anything like that. Like it was kind of, kind of a bummer, even though I guess he wasn't a very big name. Like he, he hosted, um, family feud, right? Yeah. Family feud for a little while. And I, I remember mostly from the, the cartoon show life with Louie. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with that show. Like that, that was like the, the anti Bobby's world. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. But it was, it was a good show. I've been meaning to, uh, to YouTube it and go check it out again. I have not as of yet. And then meatloaf, of course, bitch tits. No. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 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 Bob, Bob from fight club. Um, (laughs) He was also a musician, you know, but (laughs) I mean, to be honest, it's, it's a real shame. Like I hear he, he, you know, he talked about how hard he had to work to be taken seriously because he wasn't a traditional handsome man, rock star. Yeah. He's a big, fat, sweaty guy. Yeah, but, you know, uh, somebody pointed this out, one of my Facebook friends, that dude called himself Meatloaf. Like, that that was also, <laughs> you know, th- that was it's, not smart if you want to be taken seriously and be respected. I mean, he's at least he's, like, not necessarily shying away from it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, beefcake? Yeah. No, not really. Meat, more like Meatloaf. More like a loaf of meat, <laughs> not a cake of beef. You know, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that Outside of I would do anything for love, I can't really name one of his songs. And I had the Bat Out of Hell album, mm-hmm. which had some really cool album art. Like, like it's got like him. There's like a bat and there's fire, and I think he's on a motorcycle, like flying off a building or something. It's it's fucking oh, cool album yeah. art. But yeah, also couldn't really name any of the songs. It's been a long time since I listened to it. Yeah, but R.I.P. Nonetheless, he did bring a, a lot of a uh, lot of entertainment and joy into the world. As did Louis Anderson, um, but boy, you want to be done with this segment? Yeah. Oh shit, we can't. Sorry. Oh fuck you. This Wait. morning, this morning I found out that uh, Howard Hessman died. I don't even at the know age who of that 81. is. He was uh, he was uh, Wolfman Jack on WKRP oh, in Cincinnati. Okay. I know yeah. who Wolfman Jack is. You should or have just Cincinnati said Wolfman Jack WK. died. <laughs> he was also um, the teacher and head of the class. I can't remember his name right now. I don't, and I don't have an article in front of me. This is just. What came to me? He was also the main FBI slash evangelist coming to the door in Clue. Oh, okay, yeah. R.I.P. Howard Hessman as well. I haven't I hadn't seen him in anything in many many years. Now I'm done. All right, yeah, and no one else died. I mean, a lot of I, other people died, but yeah, know. yeah. 
I don't think and, we want to and turn rest th- in peace to all of them, yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, I don't think we want to turn this into, uh, you know, death cast. There's yeah, plenty yeah. of podcasts where you can go if you want to hear about dead people. Yeah, this is the off-topic death briefing. Yes, we can keep our uh, <laughs> our acronym. So I guess let, let's talk about a uh, celebrity that isn't dead. Oh, all right. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, uh, we're we're. I think we're both planning on going and seeing him later this year when he comes to town. Like I read the article, and I'm not sure if it was like a like they're taking the piss out of everyone with the article, or if it's an actual thing that's happening. And it was about a week ago, so maybe it came out as a joke, but it seemed like it was legit. Apparently, Daniel Radcliffe is going to play Weird Al in a new Weird Al biopic. I heard that, and I totally forgot to make a note of that. I'm so glad you brought this to the show. Yeah, that um, from all I could tell, that was true. I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't see any reason to think it was fake. So, yes, I'm very stoked. Like it's just the way the article was written. It was very, uh, I mean, it was very Weird Al, you know, stuff like, uh, it, you know, it holds nothing back, exploring every facet of, of Yankovic's life from his meteoric rise to fame to his like famously depraved lifestyle. <laughs> oh, no. So do you think this will be a quote unquote serious, like, or at least like a realistic telling of his life or will it be something I, more like the complete Al? I hope where- not. I don't, I like, yeah, like, is it a complete Al remake? Because they literally have already done this. <laughs> yeah. In like the mid 80s. Uh, the complete Al, you know, and it starred the actual Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, with the way that the press stuff that came out talking about his famously depraved lifestyle and shit, like, well, that's <laughs> clearly not a thing. So uh, is it going to be kind of tongue in cheek mockumentary style or. Or are they trying to make a serious one? If they're trying to make a serious one, that's a weird press release to put out. Yeah, yeah. It it seems like the the copy for like the jacket of the book or the back of the DVD or something, you know, where it's just where it's like if you if you know anything about Weird Al, you know he's not depraved, and but he's totally going to make this joke. So I I think it's just inside baseball. But as long as they have a Michael Jackson scene with uh with that thumb going up and down over <laughs> and over again, and a monkey popping out of nowhere into his yeah. arms and him totally telegraphing it oh what if they just get turbo meta and in this like say it's a say it's a serious real biopic but they go into the making of the complete owl within the movie it would be interesting can you even buy the complete owl anymore like when we did our weird owl episode i had to like pirate a copy from the internet because i couldn't like it wasn't streaming anywhere and i couldn't find anywhere to view it other than like getting a copy illicitly. See, I thought I found it on YouTube. Um, but yeah, you can totally buy it on DVD. Yeah. I guess uh, shout factory, um, put out a version of it. You can get it on Amazon you can get it at target. Oh, good. You get it used from thrift books. Uh, so maybe I didn't try that hard. I don't know. Or maybe it wasn't available when we did. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That was one of our earliest episodes. Like three years ago. Holy shit. Yeah. It's available on YouTube and Google play movies. Maybe I Amazon watched it on Prime. YouTube. I see. I was pretty sure that I that I rented it on YouTube. Yeah, maybe that's what I did. I don't know. Any case, it's a good movie. Yeah, it was fun. So I, I'm stoked to see it. Daniel Radcliffe uh, is an interesting choice, but uh, sure, why not? Maybe he yeah. does a great Al impression. Yeah, and he's not, you know, a serious actor. You know, so like he'll have some fun with it. Hopefully, oh, yeah. yeah, he's done some crazy shit. Can you imagine if they just made a like turbo serious Weird Al biopic? 
You know, and it had like the the standard like he gets into drugs and gambling and has to work his way out. And he's you know his wife stands by his side and says, "Al, I believe in you. <laughs> I know you can pull yourself out of this." He's like, "Get out of here!" And um, has to hit rock bottom. As long as Weird Al's involved in writing it, it's probably going to be good. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah, and as you mentioned, we're going to go see him probably in September. It's just a, a week after my birthday. Like he's playing on my birthday, but in Thousand Oaks, California, which is down by like inland from like Malibu or yep. Santa Monica or something. Not not driving that far. I don't need to. No, that would be fun though. But yeah, no, I'm excited. We missed him the last time. I think I might take my my little one because she's gotten into Weird Al. Yeah, I know your kid. Your kids like Weird Al. My my son does at least. I should take him. He would he would have a blast with that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's been to like a real concert concert before like at a at a big concert like he's been to like music festival things that we've taken him to Mm -hmm. he was also very young like he went to jazz fest when he was like four yeah so he's seen willie nelson technically but (laughs) i bet he doesn't remember much about it other than playing in the mud (laughs) so there is a uh masters of the universe movie happening or quote-unquote happening because there there's been there's been one technically happening for a number of years at Sony, but now it looks like Netflix has taken over. Um, reportedly, Sony's still got the uh, the China rights to it, so they're, they're, they're still getting a piece of the pie, but Netflix is going to be developing it, looking for a summer 2022 start. They've got actor uh, Kyle Allen in the starring role now. That's not um, Dolph Lundgren at all. No, no. And I'm not sure, you know, I... Looking at his resume, there's nothing that I know him from. He was most recently in uh, in West Side Story as one of the uh, shit. I don't even remember if it was one of the Jets or the Sharks. He's not a particularly big guy. No, he is, he is apparently five foot eight. So I'm curious if they're just going to like mocap and CGI him. And Ew. I'm really scared of that. Or if they're just going to cast mean, small people. Yeah, maybe he could just get pumped too because like he's not super buff either at least the pictures i'm seeing from these other movies he's just a regularly built guy yeah he's got a good jawline yes there's that it's going to be uh directed by adam and aaron knee with a script that they wrote with david callaham who's got uh shang chi or sorry shang chi and wonder woman 1984 on his resume here's the thing I'm glad it's happening and I'm glad the people talking about it are sounding passionate. I'm glad they've got an actor in the role and you know what? Fuck it. I just want something to happen. It, this, this smacks of the Superman movies, you know, like after Superman four, just for two decades, there were, there were always reports of Superman movies being in development and nothing ever came of it. And I'm tired of that shit. And I'm, I'm tired of hearing that about He-Man too. So Hopefully the movie they put out is great. If not, I'm still glad they're putting one out. I wish Tim Burton's Superman movie would have gotten made. It probably would have been terrible, but I wish it would have happened. Yeah, I could probably go either way on this. Like, I mean, the history of He-Man's other properties isn't that great uh, outside, you know, the core Masters of the Universe stuff. And like the like the the one reboot was good, but like the the you know the Dolph Lundgren movie is uh, amazing it's not super great uh but it's it, it has its it has its charms for sure yeah not yeah, Will Dor. <laughs> or courtney cox <laughs> but uh i'll check it out when it comes out i guess i i still don't think i've seen the second half of kevin smith's masters of the universe 
Hey, well, let's talk about it, because I finished it this week. Oh, good for you. Let me tell you, it was tough. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. Like I, it, like I was hoping for like a, a a roaring return and some proper He-Man stuff, and and you know as they they promised, I guess, the, or at least the the what was it the the uh, the co-writer or something saying it has more He-Man than you could ever want. Oh, I thought it was Kevin Smith himself saying that. No, I think it was the. Or was it was it Mark Bernardin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who said, okay. who said like the second episode is going to have more He-Man than you ever thought you wanted. Oh, uh, I get what he was doing. That motherfucker. He, okay. So I'm, I'm just going to throw out some little, little spoilers there. Yeah. There's, there's an episode, the second or third one in where Prince Adam manages to call down the power of Grayskull without the sword, but without the sword tempering it, he just becomes this like rage monster. Like, like just, he's basically like the Hulk, except he's got blonde hair. And white guy skin. And it's just, you know, that's probably what he means by more He-Man than you could ever want because he's humongous and he's destroying things. What an um, asshole. Because that's clearly not what anybody wanted. Or yeah. what he was trying to, inf- what he was inferring. He's just trolling He-Man fans with a big middle finger then. Yeah. And can you guess when we get He-Man? The final episode? Yep. And we, we like, I, I took a note down that, like, we get basically about 45 seconds of everything we wanted to see in this series of just He-Man being a fucking badass, just wrecking shop, taking care of people, being the hero. Like it, it was amazing to see that. And like when, you know, when Adam put up the sword and, I, and didn't get run through by Skeletor when he was saying it, it was a great moment. It was all I wanted. It was so frustrating. You know, like, like Skeletor had the sword and all of a sudden he's like, peering into the secrets of the universe and the planets are aligning and he's going to be able to destroy everything in the universe or something like that. And I'm like, where the fuck did the, did this kind of power come from? Like he man doesn't have the kind of power to do that. Is it because Skeletor is a sorcerer, but well, he wouldn't have done it. Like maybe he saw all the powers of the universe sitting over in the corner and he was just like, nah, that's not for me. Yeah. But it's just like all of a sudden (laughs) it's God power instead of like champion of the people power. And, and then fucking, of course, evil Lynn gets the fucking power. And then all of a sudden she's the big bad. Tila becomes the new sorceress. I mean, to be honest, like I'm not going to sit here and bitch about, you know, like, like we covered the first time around with all the people saying like, "Eh, it's just fucking SJW bullshit. It's not that, but this is without a doubt, Tila and evil Lynn's story. Which is fine, except for the, you know, they spent so much time and energy denying that and saying that it was going to be He-Man. It's like, well, just tell people what they're going to get, dude. Yeah. Yeah. If they like, called this like, what the fuck? you know, Masters of the Universe, colon, Tila's Quest. Mistresses or something like of that. the Universe. <laughs> oh, no, 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 We can't do that. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I wouldn't feel so, you know, just sort of let down. Because like, like I said originally, I want to see He-Man fighting Skeletor. And that's not what this was. At all. And I mean, but to be honest, like, I truly hate this series. Like, I will never <laughs> go back and watch this ever again in my entire life. Like, I already talked about, you know, the issues that I had. But like, Alicia Silverstone was apparently um, Marlena, his his mom. God awful. Like, I, I couldn't tell who it was. I was just like, who is this fucking actress? Every time she opens her mouth, it sounds stupid. So I had to check up on it. 
I didn't really like Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila. I've never really been impressed with Alicia Silverstone's acting ability. Yeah. Like even at the height of her f- fame, like she was not a very convincing actress. Yeah. Batgirl. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, Lena Headey as Evelyn was amazing. She was so good. And I got used to Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Like somehow it just fit. Yeah. And one one note I did make at the very end uh, when Skeletor and He-Man are in their final little little fight before uh, He-Man chucks Skeletor into space, he says to Skeletor, it's not about us. I'm like, oh, wow, he's he's talking to fans right there. They, <laughs> they should have said that up top because it definitely was not about the two of them. Oy. I've got it on my back burner to maybe watch someday so that uh, because I, I only kind of enjoyed the first half and it sounds like the second half was not what was going to redeem the series for me at all. Uh, but no, I feel like I feel, it just feels like something I should watch so that I can have my own because right now I can't even really have an opinion on it because all I've heard is what other people have said. You can use mine. It's valid. <laughs> it's accurate. <laughs> no, honestly, like, like the last like episode and a half. I was actually slumped down in my couch and I'm not like, you know, just some fucking sweaty fanboy, you know, just like eating Cheetos and rubbing it on my greasy face and bitching about everything. Like I, I, I feel like I'm fairly reasonable, but like I was just sitting there slumped down, just going, Ugh! like I just wanted it to be over. It Ouch. was, it was miserable. And I just, every time something new happened, I was just like, Oh, why? Oh, what are you doing? Like I, I was yelling at the TV the way a normal adjusted person yells at sports. Did Tila ever stop being like a self-righteous, self-absorbed, petulant child and like come around to like become a proper hero, like sacrifice, you know, sacrifice herself. Like, did she have a, like a redemption to her absolute shitty attitude? Because I, I, I could not identify her with her on the first half because she was just such a whiny little butt. Not really. And when no. it came time for her to, sorry, I'm spoiling this stuff for you, but when Except, it came I time for her to, it, so. <laughs> when it came time for her to be the new sorceress, like she was talking to her mom, the sorceress, like the spirit of her. And she's like, you know, you have to sacrifice everything to, to, to be the sorceress. You have to leave everybody behind. You have to be tied to the castle. And, and basically Tila was just like, no, with the, with the power of friendship, I, I have something stronger than gray skull or something like that. I don't, it was basically like what friend, friend power, but then she still becomes the new sorceress, but she's not tied to castle gray skull. So she didn't oh, have to so, sacrifice. So she just doesn't have to get, yeah. She just gets to do whatever the fuck she wants to because she can. Oh yeah. Gross. Because she's the star. Definitely not. No, I, I, at least if she had a decent like heroes, you know, redemption arc. I mean, redemption for just being a shithead because she seemed like a shithead, yeah, to me. just for sucking. But nope, Tila Quest, not not my favorite. Is that what heroes are now? <laughs> just whiny, petulant babies that think only about themselves and like shirk whatever responsibility they have and and well, still win. Like I don't know. That's just, I, yeah. here's a jaded old man opinion here they get they got to identify with their audience right gross (laughs) with the the kids these days but i mean to be honest uh, you know the kid and i finished the first season of that new netflix series the cgi one and even though it is also very much like power of friendship uh you know wins the day you know they they're trying something different and and it's interesting i'm glad that that my kid is identifying with it you know the same way that 
turtles have stayed valid all these years. Yeah. You know, they, they bring out new iterations. Cool. But Revelations just is not my favorite, believe it or not. Sounds like it's your least favorite. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> uh, so I guess um, to, to lighten the mood, we can laugh at some really stupid people. Yeah, let's do that. Did you hear anything about the whole Spice DAO Jodorowsky's Dune fiasco? No. Oh, good. <laughs> so <laughs> so there's this uh, a group of uh you know crypto bros called spice dao and basically they they're guys that you know made a bunch of money on bitcoin and other cryptocurrency shit and they formed yeah. a group where like they all vote and they like buy you know buy investments and stuff with that like people have to put like here's a proposal of things that we thing thing we should buy to invest in and uh one of the things they were investing in was uh jadarowski's dune Backstory on that, which I didn't know about and wish I did for the Dune episode, because this thing sounds fucking really cool Mm -hmm. Uh, or like uniquely. So in the 1970s, they were supposed to make a Dune movie and it kind of fell through. And then this guy uh, named Jodorowsky, I didn't write down his first name and I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't remember his first name either, but he is like like a European comic book legend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he he did a he had a comic called Inkle. Or in, yeah, the Incal. The Incal, yep. yeah. And so he kind of took that storyline and Dune's storyline and mashed them together in this giant epic script and like made a, like a 700-page pitch book that he was trying to pitch the movie with. And, it, and like he apparently he had Mick Jagger and Salvador Dali fucking signed to be in the movie. He had uh, Pink Floyd agreed to do the soundtrack. Wow. Yeah, like, holy shit, this sounds fucking cool as fuck. And I guess they made 15 of those pitch books. And one of them was coming up for auction and it was like, it was estimated, you know, like the the auctioneers estimated that it would go for around 30 grand. Mm -hmm. So these guys went into the auction. Uh, I don't know if there was like a bidding war, how to end it up, but they ended up paying $3.3 million for it. Wow. And the plan was like their stated goals, like, like after they bought it, they're like, okay, here's what, here's what we're going to do. This is how we're going to, this is an investment, right? They wanted to A, make it available to the public. B, make an animated movie or series based on it. And three, support derivative works, you know, if anyone wanted to do spinoffs or anything, you know, just kind of, um, what's the word for, I'm looking for here, like, uh, serialize it or, uh, like, uh, syndicate it, kind of like, just, you, you know, get it out there so that more content could be made by other people if they wanted to, they'd license it to them. Yeah. Except, uh, the, they were buying a pitch book. It didn't, it didn't come with any rights to the yeah. property. Like it, Frank Herbert's estate still owns, still owns the Dune side. Jadarowski's estate owns the Incall side, and the movie rights are in the hands of Warner Brothers. So they thought buying this book gave them the right to make an animated series and derivative works and. Uh, Oh, and also the entire thing has been published. Like you could Google it and look at every single page of the pitch book right now. Like it's been available to the public the whole time. And these guys spent $3.3 million. Wow. That's, that's a real thing. (laughs) Like they just, they, what? Without any understanding whatsoever of what it actually was or what they could do with it. I could, I could see that, that, you know, like if this thing wasn't available anywhere and it was just like kind of a Holy grail of creativity and they're like, you know what, we we're just going to give it to the people, you know, for artistic inspiration. And so, you know, so people can do things that, that don't make money, you know, that, that it's just spreading love and joy and art. 
But wow, no, it was yeah, already they, out there. They definitely like, can't license anything to anybody. That's insane. No, and, and and a Google search would have shown them that that it's already available online. They fundamentally misunderstood what this thing was, which is shocking. Like I don't know how you do that. And and here's the worst part of it. What I don't know where it ended up, but the last I heard, what the 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 like leading proposal from their group on what to do now, since they realized that uh, they you know really screwed the pooch on this one. Mm-hmm was to scan every page of it, turn it into an NFT, sell the NFTs, and burn the book. So they think that, that, that they're going to make money off of the NFTs, even though they don't have the rights to the thing, and that they think burning their book is going to make it so none of the other books exist and nobody can find it on Google. I don't know what the fuck. I, like, I think they're saying, like, well, if we make an, like an NFT of this page... Then if we burn the page, like we basically converted the book to an NFT, except I'm not even sure they're legally allowed to do that because they, no, they don't, definitely can't. They don't own their, like I can't take the giving tree and scan each page and make NFTs of each page and then sell those like they're my the own fucking work. giving tree. <laughs> I love that that's where you went. Uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I've got a friend right now that's fighting you know, people who who have stolen her artwork online and have made NFTs from it. Like, yeah. you, you you absolutely cannot do that. No, no, absolutely not. Like, on a, and there's precedent for it too. I can't <sighs> remember. There's some dude that that like uh, there was some author. I don't remember who it was or what it was. So this is completely uh, anecdotal information here. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a guy that was taking like he bought a copy of his book and he was taking like taking pages of it and then like glazing them onto tiles and like selling them at like his art store or whatever the hell he was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ended up getting sued because it's like, dude, you don't, own, you can't take somebody else's art and just paste it onto a tile and then sell it like it's your own shit. And yeah. uh, and he lost in court. So it's like, well, if that's the fucking standard, these guys aren't even going to be able to do this plan either. So wow. uh, just a bunch of dumb millionaires that made their money because they got into Bitcoin earlier and uh, make stupid Some ass big decisions. dumb dummies. <laughs> Uh, oh, that that was fun. That that, <laughs> that was uh, that was a good way to to cleanse our palate. All right, now for something to bitch about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, this is just to to touch on something we've brought up a couple times pre- in previous episodes. I, don't worry, I won't recommend it again. But I wanted to to just update on a uh, super liminal man. Oh, did you beat it? I beat that game. Yeah. It. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, so I'll, I'll keep it vague. But that game is fucking beautiful. Yeah. Because there isn't so much uh, repeat playing on it. Like once you played it through once, you know, it's you, you know all the puzzles and you know what's going on. So I can't give it like, you know, one of the best games of all time status. But I will say that it that as far as like video game experiences, that is probably top three for me. Like that game changed my way of thinking. You know, it, it was... It was an emotional experience at the end. It was just gorgeous. It was so well done. I need to follow, what is it? I think it's Pillow Factory that, that made it. Pillow something or something pillow. I even just started going, well, I, I didn't start. We did it. I went through it with, uh, with Angelina. She started from the beginning. And I was just there as basically her walkthrough. She's very smart. So she, she, there are some things that I had to check with walkthrough that she just got real quick. But then there were other things where it was like, I don't know, it was interesting to to see how our brains function yeah. differently in, in a situation like this, because there's stuff that, that took her forever, where for me, I just breezed right through it. It's really, really interesting. 
um, at the end, you know, I, I was, I was getting a little frustrated because you're without giving anything away, you're kind of cruising at the end, you know, you're, you're, you're going with the flow. And she was like stopping at everything to, to look at things. And I was like, just, just fucking move. God damn it. Did you get the, uh, all the fire extinguishers and either of those achievements? No. Motherfucker. I mean, once you told me that you didn't get it, I was like, you know what? You're so thorough. And I'm certain there, oh, there was a point where I had gone through a door and I turned around. I was like, oh shit, I almost didn't check for that. And I was like, oh, I'm sure I didn't check on other doors. I'll keep pulling them, but I'm not expecting anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got to check the doors you go through for sure. There, like I got to a point where like I was walking over and there was like a, like a wall thing on the side. And like, I could see there was a bit of the room to the left and I walked over to the right and fell down a hole. And I was like, oh no. I bet there was one in there and there was no way. I I spent like 15 minutes trying to like, or like resize blocks to see if I could like climb my way to the top. (laughs) And I could not, it was a bummer. Yeah. But I, I've even turned a couple people onto that game and apparently like, I mean, you can get it on Xbox with, uh, with game pass for free. I mean, quote unquote free, Yeah, but it's also available on switch. I had a, a buddy buy it on there for 20 bucks and I'm sure it's available on steam. It is a good experience. When I was playing through it, it reminded me of the way that portal made me feel the first time I played portal, uh, yeah. which is probably one of my top, you know, in my top games of all time, just the, it could be because of the experience and the joy of just going through that game and, and how absolutely flawlessly executed it was. Super Liminal didn't quite get to the portal level for me, but it was very much on the same line yeah and uh the end did drag a little once you got to the very end and that like the the pace of wonder slowed down oh see i i i i do agree that it did slow down but i liked it like it gave me this like cleansing feeling i don't know yeah by the end of it like it kind of stops doing new mechanics and like i was just kind of like you said cruising through the end of it Mm -hmm. and and wondering when it was going to end like, all right, I think I've got to the end of this game now because nothing new is happening. And then about 15 minutes later, it did end. So like, it wasn't like, <laughs> like a slog, but it was just like, eh, I, I, I pretty much had gotten to the end of this game 15 minutes ago. Now I just got to go through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. So, uh, a SpaceX rocket is going to hit the moon. Just hit it. Yeah. It's going to smack right into it. We're not going to see it though. So it was, it was launched back in 2015. I think it was the first rocket they ever put up there. It was launching a, a, like a weather satellite into, uh, like a space weather satellite. Like it was meant to like pick up weather stuff from the sun. So it was way out at like a Lagrange point. And it's just been kind of cruising around and it almost hit the moon last year. And they're like, oh yeah, it's going to hit the moon like in a, in a few weeks here. I didn't actually write the date down. But uh, it's going to hit the moon at like 57,000 miles an hour. And uh, just make a big old mark on it. But it's going to be on the side of the moon that we can't fucking see. So we won't be able to, like, check it out. Now, does it have any chance of, like, hurting the moon? No, no. It's just okay. a big chunk of, like, aluminum and steel. Like, it's it's the second stage of the rocket. It, like, okay. if if, if uh, NASA, like, I think China's got a, a rover on that side of the moon. So, uh, I mean, they have an, they've got a pretty good idea of where it's going to hit. So, like, it's probably not going to hit the rover unless they want it to <laughs> it's the long game yeah but the th- new the new cold war the new space uh space war but we've got some satellites up there and stuff and, and i think they're trying to like get them in position so that they can observe it so you know because it's going to kick up a whole shit ton of material from the moon and mm-hmm. so they could get some cool readings on you know like okay what is it it's going to kick up stuff that's subsurface 
because it's going to hit hard enough. You know, it's like when asteroids. So it's going to kick up some aliens. Yeah, it's going to kick up all those Nazis that are on the far side of the moon. Mm-hmm. Mining helium. What was that that, mo- that movie with the Nazis on the far side of the moon mining helium I have three? No idea. It was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go to recommendations if you are. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about is something that you're going to have no input in. So, uh... cool. That sounds great for a chat show. Oh yeah, yeah. What is it? The Expanse ended. Oh, you it, don't say. Yeah, season six finished up. Uh, I mean, I would place at least, especially the first three seasons of that show, as you know, the finest sci-fi television series ever maybe so you've told us it's really fucking good and and, and, uh the fact that you spent your time watching he-man and not that disappoints me john hey i i only had like two and a half hours and i could finish he-man in that time (laughs) but uh the ending was uh, it was a bit weak yeah i mean it wasn't quite game of thrones where like everything just got fucking thrown out the window and rushed super hardcore it wasn't got game of thrown out the window yeah it was it was a bit rushed uh it was weird because like it's a, a book series it's a nine book series and each season follows one of the books and so i guess oh, okay. it follows book six pretty well but it introduced a bunch of shit that uh like in book six they introduce a bunch of shit uh, uh that you know pays off in the next one that moves in that sets up book seven and they still made the tv show with all the shit that's going to set up the next book that they knew they weren't making a tv show of I mean, they got rescued once. Maybe they're hoping that it happens again. Yeah, maybe. I don't think the th- thing is, though, I think they could have cut that stuff out, focused more on finishing these guys' plot and just started the next season with a, hey, while that was going on, so was this. Because, like, yeah. the timeline on them barely mattered in the TV show. Like, maybe in the books it was more tied together. But, you know, they spent 50 minutes of this six-episode season focused on this planet Laconia with this shit happening that just happens and has no bearing on anything whatsoever. It was just kind of a, a weekend. Gotta fill some time. Yeah. A week ending to what was otherwise a really great series. Uh, so it was a bit of a bummer. I mean, I still enjoyed the last season, but it was a bit anti anticlimactic, you know, and, and the end, the ending happened very quickly. I mean, it made sense. It, well, it didn't, it didn't feel rushed, but it, you certainly didn't get to savor it either. And that's on Amazon, right? Yes. You know, we have been we have been looking for new shows to watch. Maybe I should uh, just get Angelina to sit down for for the first episode, see if we both dig it. Because it's easier to watch something if we're both into it. Because we've yeah, always got definitely. an hour or two at night that that where you know I can sit there with the iPad and and hang out and watch something. But I might want to pay attention to this show. It's probably probably a lot more um, intricate than Bachelor in Paradise. Yes, there is a lot going on, and uh, and honestly, I watched the first episode years ago and uh, didn't go back to it. Like, it, like it, it's a fairly slow start. Like, it's it's setting a lot of stuff up, and it, it takes a few episodes to really get rolling until I mm. realized what it was. And I, like, I watched the first episode years ago and was just like, eh, eh I, I, maybe I'll check the second one out later. And it took me a very long time to get around to it. It oh took boy. someone telling me that it was one of their favorite sci-fi shows ever. Someone that whose opinion I respected. And I was like, oh, well, shit, I guess I better give it a second shot then. Well, who was that? Maybe I'll respect their opinion and, and start watching it. No one you know. <laughs> I don't respect anyone you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
On to recommendations? Yeah, man. I'm going to recommend a TV show. Speaking of TV shows, have you watched Peacemaker yet? I haven't. I saw someone post some shit on Twitter about it, and I was like, fuck, I just spent a week sitting in my damn garage, (laughs) and I didn't even come to mind that Peacemaker was out and that I should watch it. And uh, so it's on my short list right now, but I have not watched it yet, no. It should be on the top of your short list because I finally started watching it and it is fucking amazing. I am in love with that show. It's, I mean, it's straight up out of, out of the suicide squad. I mean, James Gunn's very involved and, yeah. uh, but you know, so it's got the, the irreverent sense of humor. It's got gore. It's got some boobs. It is a great series. The character, I mean, like peacemaker is fun to watch as it is, but like, the character of Vigilante is next level. Like he is amazing. And like I, I knew he was gonna be in the show, but I didn't realize, you know, that he's a just a very um very present uh cast member. So it's a it's a good show. It's setting up a little mystery. It's five episodes in now and, and each new episode comes out on Thursdays. Oh, they're doing a um, weekly release on this one, huh? Yeah. Fuckers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> But no, that is absolutely my recommendation, not for children, but I mean, whatever, it's up to the parents, but lots of, it, it is, it is an adult show. Yeah. J- James Gunn like wrote all the episodes and like directed the first three, I think. Right. Is that what it was? Yeah. I don't I know. I heard something like that. I know. I know he directed several. Well, good. Uh, my recommendation is a book. Like a word book? Yeah, kind of. It's a Dungeons and Dragons book. Uh, oh, or, it's, okay. or it's a, you know, a tabletop RPG book in general. It's not necessarily Dungeons and Dragons, but it's the the Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master by Michael Shea. Uh, okay. And it basically it is it's a book that uh, that explains the lun- lazy dungeon master system, which is just basically how you can do the minimal amount of prep possible to get the maximum gain out of it and not spend a bunch of time, you know, uh, spend 10 hours working on lore and uh, like a giant castle that everyone, you know, with a big, big bunch of baddies and all kinds of cool rooms and maps and shit. And then the party's like, nah, let's go this way instead. And you just wasted all that fucking time. <laughs> but as the DM, can't you just like go as you turn around, that entrance appears right in front of you. Like just force them to go through it. Yes, you can. It's called railroading, <laughs> and it is generally frowned upon because you take the oh. narrative away from your players. And, and I mean, one of the great things about D&D is the collaborative storytelling. Like if you want to be a DM because you have a very specific story you want to tell, write a book instead because <laughs> your players will fuck that up. But it's just really cool. It's just got a lot of cool advice in it. It's it's fairly short. It's a, it's like a, a second book because he, he did the he had one called the lazy dungeon master that he put out 10 years ago or so and this one's like an updated version of that so like you don't have to have read the other one like it's like if, if you haven't read either of them get the new one okay i think it's like 20 bucks it's totally worth it like if you're getting into dming and you want some good advice on the way to prep your like a system to prep your games and, and focus on what's important and n- ignore what's not you know, it's minimal setups. Like, like I think the thing that I loved the most about it was his approach to like, um, secrets and clues. So like, you know, you've got your, your overarching plot, whatever it is. And he says like, for, so for every game session, come up with like 10 different secrets or clues. Some of them could be plot important. Some of them can't be, you know, the goblin marauders are stationed in an old ruined castle outside of town. You know, the, the king is secretly a 
mind flare or some shit. Like whatever your secrets are, you know, the butcher's cheating on his wife doesn't necessarily need to be plot important, but like stuff that they can find out and cl- the clues they need to follow. But the cool part, like the, the part that really like sparked it in my brain is like, do not decide where they're going to find these things. It doesn't matter where they're going to find them. So just as they're going around, like you have this list of clues and stuff. And as the players are kind of going through the world, when they talk to someone or they do something where they could find something out, you just pick one that makes sense. Yeah, If they're in a bar, you know, like, like a little like, oh, and you over here, two people in the background saying something about this magic bicycle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And what it does is it lets your story flow really smoothly and it makes them think that you had everything planned from the beginning (laughs) and that that it all works out. Because if you assign that clue to a specific NPC and they murder them as soon as they see them or they don't encounter them at all, then they don't have this piece of important plot information. And the story kind of stutters and, and, you know, may come to a complete halt or that entire branch of the story may be abandoned. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the idea of kind of making pieces and then improvising them into your, your play session is really cool. And, uh, and I, like, it's a lot of stuff that I've already kind of naturally picked up, but he formalizes it in a system that is super helpful. All right. Well, uh, thank you folks for, uh, joining us today. If you want to let us know how we did, you can email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook, Geek Exploration, the podcast page, Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, or Twitter at Geek Explore Pod. You can call us at 916-ORC-TURD. That is 916-O-R-C-T-U-R-D. And just a reminder, uh, our next full episode is going to be on the topic of Michael Jackson. So if he meant anything to you or you have anything to say about Michael Jackson or his music, um, preferably his music or his music videos or his impact on you as a child, Whoa. Oh, shit. Come, come on. <laughs> God, fuck. Uh, um, <sighs> shit. Well. Sorry. There's a little, a little preview. Um, uh, yeah. Call us or, or hit us up on any of those, uh, those platforms. You'll have until Friday the, I don't know, the early February East. Uh, it'll be what? The first, second, third, fourth, fourth or fifth? Yes. One of those. Yep. Friday, Friday, then. the fourth. Um, so hit us up. Let us know. And if you enjoyed this show or any others, uh, go leave us a review on, on pod chaser or Apple podcast. Uh, I've been kind of hyping Spotify cause I heard they get reviews. And I think, I think Dan with the movie seller left us a review on Spotify cause he mentioned something about that on his show, but, oh, uh, is he the one that did that? Can you, are, do you have Spotify? No, you had mentioned that you oh, thought somebody left yes. us a Spotify review. That's what I was talking about. And I went on Spotify, but I don't subscribe to Spotify. So uh, it doesn't show any reviews. Like, I don't, like there was no <laughs> spot for reviews. I couldn't see it. So if it's if he did, I don't know where it is. So don't well, bother. I'll, I'll try there, subscribing I, and go in Because I there. can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, go ahead and do it anyway. But I, you'll have to tell me what you said. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, we got swag at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. We uh, have uh, a podcast network, the Geek League Grind, <laughs> that we are members of. <laughs> and, uh, and I think we are rapidly approaching... Hold on, hold on. That podcast network that we are a part of is the Geekly Grind. Is that what I said? Did you say it? I think I did. I, I didn't hear it. If it was while I was laughing, then okay. But you were like, 
We got a yeah, no, podcast I'm, network we're a part of. I'm pretty sure I said it, and I'm going to oh, stand okay. by that. I'll find out in the edit. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, not, I stand you, corrected if, if not, I need to be. You said it. <laughs> Boy, anyway, uh, and we are rapidly approaching 10,000 total listens. Woo! Uh, I've seen it. And I think we should do some sort of like giveaway or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, what, definitely. You know, maybe give away a Geek Exploration sweater or some shit. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so look for that. Listen to the show and help us get there. Yeah. Which I guess you just did. Yes, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> and our theme song is Celebration by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Bye. Later. Hello, Geek Explorers. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky. From video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more, since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews weekly. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show has become a part of. If you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to the awesome commentary that John and Ben are serving up weekly on everything from Saturday morning cartoons nostalgia to recapping Disney's latest crazy announcements and much more. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe you have a new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any geek's media menu. First, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a fantastic series that spotlights anime and manga, new and old. On Mondays, they review more recent releases, while Fridays are reserved for older titles. Anime not really your thing? How about comic books? Join Lance and Chris over at Comic Book Keepers as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. Maybe you're a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our partnership with Geek Exploration in the future. See you out in the Geekosphere.